ಶ್ರವಣಂ ಮನನಂ ನಿತಿಥ್ಯಾಸನಂ ಲಿಸನ್ ರಿಫ್ಲೆಕ್ಟ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಎಬ್ಸಾಬ್ ಡಿಯರ್ ಲಿಸ್ನರ್ಸ್ ಸಾಯಿರಾಮ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವೆಲ್ಕಮ್ ಟು ಅವರ್ ರೇಡಿಯೋ ಸೀರೀಸ್ ಇನ್ ವಿಚ್ ಅ ಡಿವೈನ್ ಡಿಸ್ಕೋಸ್ ಡೆಲಿವರ್ಡ್ ಬೈ ಭಗವಾನ್ ಇಸ್ ಪ್ಲೇಡ್ ಇನ್ ಸ್ಮಾಲ್ ಪಾರ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಫಾಲೋಯಿಂಗ್ ಈಚ್ ಪಾರ್ಟ್ ಅ ಶಾರ್ಟ್ ಡಿಸ್ಕಷನ್ ಇಸ್ ಅಂಡರ್ಟೇಕನ್ ಟು ರಿಫ್ಲೆಕ್ಟ್ ಆನ್ ದ ಮೆಸೇಜ್ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಎ ಪಾರ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ರೇಡಿಯೋ ಸಾಯಿಸ್ ಥರ್ಸ್ ಡೇ ಲೈಫ್ ಹೋಸ್ಟೆಡ್ ಬೈ ಸಾಯಿ ಪ್ರಕಾಶ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಪ್ರೇಮ್ ಎವ್ರಿ ಥರ್ಸ್ಡೇ ಎಟ್ ಸೆವೆನ್ ಥರ್ಟಿ ಪಿ ಎಮ್ ಓನ್ಲಿ ಆನ್ ಏಷಿಯಾ ಸ್ಟ್ರೀಮ್ ಆಫ್ ರೇಡಿಯೋ ಸಾಯಿ ಗ್ಲೋಬಲ್ ಹಾರ್ಮನಿ ಟುಡೇಸ್ ಎಪಿಸೋಡ್ ವಾಸ್ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಬ್ರಾಡ್ಕಾಸ್ಟ್ ಲೈವ್ ಆನ್ ಟ್ವೆಂಟಿ ಸೆಕೆಂಡ್ ಆಗಸ್ಟ್ ಟ್ವೆಂಟಿ ತರ್ಟೀನ್ ದ ಡಿಸ್ಕೋರ್ಸಸ್ ಅಂಡರ್ಟೇಕನ್ ಫಾರ್ ಸ್ಟಡಿ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಪ್ರೋಗ್ರಾಮ್ ಆರ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ಸೀರೀಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಡಿಸ್ಕೋರ್ಸಸ್ ಡೆಲಿವರ್ಡ್ ಆಸ್ ಪಾರ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಸಮರ್ ಕೋರ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ಇಂಡಿಯನ್ ಕಲ್ಚರ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಸ್ಪಿರಿಚುವಾಲಿಟಿ ನೈನ್ಟೀನ್ ನೈಂಟಿ ದ ಕ್ಲಿಪ್ಸ್ ಪ್ಲೇಡ್ ಇನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಎಪಿಸೋಡ್ ಆರ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ಡಿಸ್ಕೋರ್ಸ್ ಡೆಲಿವರ್ಡ್ ಆನ್ ಟ್ವೆಂಟಿ ಫೋರ್ತ್ ಮೇ ನೈನ್ಟೀನ್ ನೈಂಟಿ ಸಾಯಿರಾಮ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವೆಲ್ಕಮ್ ಒನ್ ಅನ್ ಆಲ್ ಟು ಯತ್ ಅನ್ ಅದರ್ ಎಪಿಸೋಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಶ್ರವಣಂ ಮನನಂ ನಿರ್ಧ್ಯಾಸನಂ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಎಸ್ ಆಲ್ವೇಸ್ ಐ ಆಮ್ ಬೀಂಗ್ ಜಾಯಿನ್ಡ್ ಬೈ ಬ್ರದರ್ ಸಾಯಿ ಪ್ರಕಾಶ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಟೀಮ್ ರೆಡಿ ಸಾಯಿ ಸಾಯಿರಾಮ್ ಸಾಯಿ ಪ್ರಕಾಶ್ ಸಾಯಿರಾಮ್ ಪ್ರೇಮ್ ಐ ಥಿಂಕ್ ವಿ ಆರ್ ವೆಂಚರಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಸ್ಟಾರ್ಟ್ ದ ನೆಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ ಡಿಸ್ಕೋರ್ಸ್ ದಟ್ ಈಸ್ ದ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ತ್ ಡಿಸ್ಕೋರ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಸೀರೀಸ್ ರೈಟ್ ಗಿವನ್ ಬೈ ಭಗವಾನ್ ಇನ್ ನೈನ್ಟೀನ್ the significance of the body the senses and uh, i think it's the turn of the mind right now right the past two discourses i think swami spoke extensively on the control of the senses mm-hmm. uh, and now it's the mind and very beautifully the discourse is named hold the reins hold the reins that's true and uh, before we talk about this discourse or we give you a summary of what we've been doing we would like to first of all beg pardon to all our listeners because the clips we are going to play for this discourse are not a very fine audio quality because it was not recorded in very good audio quality whatever we could we have tried to enhance the quality and present it to you but uh, we would suggest that if you're listening to this program through a computer with a internet connection you could go to the site sssbpt.info that is sss b b for baba p for puttaparthi and t for thursday that's sssbpt.info if you'd go there you will find in the left lb uh, there are links for swami's vahinis summer showers and uh, the other discourses you can select summer showers you'll be taken to a page where you will be shown all the summer course discourses which are there you can pick the 1990 summer course series it will show all the chapters and we are in the sixth discourse and the discourse name is as we mentioned hold the reins So I think that way you'll be able to follow the discourse even as we play it here clip by clip coming to what Swami has been telling us all this while you know so beautifully Swami is relating not only the need for controlling the different senses but also giving us the manual as to how each of these can be done the senses the and the other uh, aspects of the human body that's true but um, there's something significant that we are coming to when we start this chapter as I'm just thinking about it till now we were dealing with things rather the body the senses which you can see which you can perceive now we are going into a stage we are going to the mind we are going to start dealing with the mind what is the scientific proof if any can we see the mind does the mind exist as a physical entity there is a brain that we all know but does the mind really exist right you know the the presence of the brain does not guarantee the presence of the mind actually that's true and <laughs> so um, what is that and where does that exist when you actually go through the discourse and you see how much importance is given to the mind and how swami says everything is because of the mind you start wondering uh, what is more powerful the gross or the subtle obviously it is the subtle because these are senses the body this is what you see you can feel them you perceive them you hear through them but then there is the subtler mind which we do not know whether is it exists you just have to go based on your faith and you have to go based on a deeper sense of understanding that um, basically you are going beyond the physical in another way putting it in another way you are trying to understand that there are entities there is something which is beyond the physical you cannot limit everything that there is to just physical 
because you perceive with your eyes which is a, is one of the senses and you are limiting it to the capability of the eye so if there is something that the eye cannot see does that mean that such a thing does not exist take the mind for example because there is no physical entity for the mind does it mean that the mind doesn't exist very true i think you know if you look at uh, man's scientific journey that is one of the things which man has understood mm-hmm. through his uh, endeavors in science because every aspect which he has studied of the physical manifest universe has taught him that there is something beyond what he can see there Very is something true. there is beyond what he can hear and what he can feel mm-hmm. with the with his ability because even if you take the concept of light mm-hmm. it was only what was seen true but the more they studied into light they realized that there are so many spectrums which are which cannot be seen with the naked eye and the very fact that they're not been they're not you cannot see them does not uh, you know say that they do not exist that's true so i think the very fact that you become more knowledgeable mm-hmm. you begin to accept things which may not be under your you know area of understanding also because uh, you know one of the discourses which we went through swami says mm. that you know the most obvious thing is diversity the most obvious cognizable uh, entity in nature mm. is diversity because there's no individual who is similar to another individual very true but human intellect and human ability lies in seeing the unity mm-hmm. behind all that diversity that's true so as you said so the mind is one of the most important things because it itself is an embodiment of that uh, you know paradox true existence without being noticed <laughs> correct correct uh, you know um, swami says the thoughts make up the mind and uh, this is like a threshold actually because food if you see has a physical existence and uh, swami says the thoughts are governed by the food so if you eat sattvic aahar or good food then you get good thoughts so here is where we are crossing the line from an actually physical thing like food to something subtle that is thoughts which does not have a physical appearance <laughs> very true and you know even looking at it from the point of view of devotion we all would like to be obedient to swami right you mm. know when swami tells us something we want to do it mm. and in a certain level we believe that we are all obedient mm. we all feel that swami has not told me anything and if he tells me i'll definitely do it mm. because we believe that you know our love for swami or devotion or the kind of respect we have for swami mm. will make give us that obedience you know if swami were to be here and swami says no you don't sit down you stand and talk so we would mm. stand and talk or if swami says no you stop talking we would stop talking you know these are all possible because we have control over this sitting and standing and talking and not talking mm. we have control over this physical body of us correct and anything which swami would give pertaining to our physical uh, presence that would be easy to follow mm. you know if swami says eat only dinner don't eat breakfast and lunch it would be difficult mm. but we can do it we can do it that's true but if swami were to come and tell us mm. that you should not think more than four thoughts a day <laughs> god <laughs> however much we might we might love to be obedient to swami it would be absolutely impossible because we have not earned that control over the mind as much as we earned the control over the body that's true so we have done so much in obedience to what swami wanted you know we wore clothes like what swami wanted mm. we groomed ourselves the way swami wanted mm. but it is still incomplete obedience because mm. we cannot control the mind and you know maneuver it the way swami would want us to do so even devotionally our obedience to swami is not 100% mm. unless we control exactly you know when as you are talking about devotion it's something so beautiful and uh, somewhere i think it's in the viveka chudamani i read there adi shankara goes into different ways that are uh, used to control the mind he says something like sama for example is continuously telling the mind that this is not what it is it is not what it is and get detached again and again then dama that is self control you control then he says titiksha or forbearance overati stitiksha all these things are ways samadhana then you go to shraddha then these ways he propounds but you just go a few shlokas later he says there's nothing higher than devotion he says the moment you have 100% devotion and you are ready to 
uh, I think there he mentions in the your have devotion to the guru for example so there he mentions it in that context but for us who where swami himself is our guru if we just try to follow him with devotion these don't become an end they become the you know they automatically happen right we, we should not say that oh i have to achieve sama i have to achieve dhamma i have to achieve self control but they automatically get part of you when you have the devotion to swami very true you know if you look at it uh, suppose you have a boy who is studying in a school mm-hmm. you know he loves to play mm-hmm. evening time he loves to go out and play but the sense that comes in when there is an exam which is impending mm-hmm. he knows that i know i like this i know i get a lot of joy out of this but i know now i should not play i should study mm. okay, because there is a sense of purpose correct there is something which is higher which he is after mm. i think that's what devotion does to us when you have pleasing that mm. deity or that personality whom you call a guru mm. or in our say in our uh, situation being swami mm. that idea of pleasing swami is uppermost in the agenda mm. that you know you are ready to put yourself through anything if i can please swami and um, you know just few discourses back swami said what is devotion devotion is you know when you turn towards the atman devotion is towards atman to strive to reach oneness with atman that is devotion see whether you call it swami guru or whatever but it's ultimately trying to turn inwards and he says that power is in you so he says that is true devotion and you know talking about this samadama and mm. prati they are called the sat sampatis okay. you know the six mm-hmm. fold wealth mm-hmm. person is supposed to acquire and interestingly you know do these look like very simple six things mm. you know the brahma sutra start with that uh, aphorism which says athato brahma jignasa yes, correct henceforth you will <laughs> seek the brahman correct and in explanation to that one statement mm. you know the brahma sutra say that these are all qualifications if which you have mm. you will come to that state of henceforth you will seek See, the brahman oh that's the first line and you know that is what swami has been doing <laughs> and mm. we are you know you can see midway when mm. swami spoke about you know dhamma is body and sense control mm-hmm. sama is mind control mm. so sama dhamma and swami is going through all that and swami will talk about uh, viveka which is also one of the aspects mm-hmm. of discrimination the buddhi playing a role and all these are so important mm. you know in this uh, it adds one by one brick by brick mm. to that ultimate image which swami spoke of in the first discourse just imagine hundreds and thousands and millions of people who have absolutely no knowledge of things like this i mean yes people may know there is a brain and they, some may know there is a mind there may be many who may not even know that there is something called a mind that there is something called a buddhi there is something called an atma sometimes you just wonder people have come they have lived their lives and they go back without knowing any of this and um, yes we are fortunate that we know this but by following this what is it that we are going to achieve i mean unless the joy of actually knowing the atman and being one with your true self is much 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 higher than any of the joy that you have ever experienced i mean so many sages and so many seers would have never gone on that path because it's so simple to just go on an outward path so he says pravritti and nivritti so it's actually so simple to go on the path just lead your life uh, swayed by the senses unless the what we are really trying to achieve gives you so much more happiness and so much more joy it's not really worth pursuing i would say you no know, we we talk of human nature mm one of the flaws of human nature being the ability to not be satisfied True. you know that's what drives materialism and capitalism mm-hmm. whatever you call it in the world mm. that is what drives because man is not satisfied but if you look at it that very attitude of not being satisfied mm. is also the fuel for spiritual pursuit also very true because man is not being able to you know find satisfaction in being uh, in comfort mm. living in a peaceful environment because there is something that you know there is something more to it something mm. more happiness which is give something special more than what i am having now even the mm. most happy and most comfortable of persons get to think this way correct and i think that is what swami is encashed on you know in all of us <laughs> that very flaws which with, with which we came to swami mm. you know those themselves have become paths for us those themselves true. have swami is utilized to you know draw us closer to him mm. 
so maybe we should go to the first discourse a uh, first part of this discourse this is the sixth discourse in the series 1990 summer course this was delivered on the 24th of may so let us begin to listen the first clip of that discourse manase hetu manugade kunu bandhamulaku manyate kunu manase hetu manujuni manugade kunu bandhamulaku manyate kunu manase mukti ki mukhyamu manase mukti ki mukhyamu manase narakambu dechu mai maratinchu manase mukti ki mukhyamu మనసేనరకంబుచి మైమరపించు మనసే మనసేనరకంబునిచ్చు మైమరపించు for liberation also mind is the cause mind is capable of putting you into hell and make you forget yourself getting intoxicated vidyarthulara your students manasu kadikini manam man is a combination of body mind and atma manavulaka bhavulu nirnayinchi antane unnata sthiti kolipoyeyunti sopanavulu these are the steps and stepping stones for the man to make his feelings grow into the highest level కర్మలు ఆచరించినది దేహం ద బాడీ పర్ఫార్మ్స్ యాక్షన్ ఈశ్వరుడి మనస్సు మైండ్ నోస్ అబౌట్ ఇట్ నిత్యమై సత్యమై నిరంతరము ఉన్నది ఆత్మ ఆత్మ ఇస్ వన్ విచ్ ఇస్ పర్మనెంట్ అండ్ ఎటర్నల్ అండ్ కంటిన్యూస్లీ యాక్ట్స్ యాజ్ విట్నెస్ మానవుని ఎందుకు దేవత దాట్ ఈస్ ది వెరీ గాడ్ ఇన్ మ్యాన్ చేయుట తెలుసుకునుట ఉండుట ఈ త్రిశక్తుల యొక్క అభివ్యక్తమే మానవత్వం డూయింగ్ బికమింగ్ అవే అండ్ బీయింగ్ దీస్ ఆర్ ద త్రీ ఇంపార్టెంట్ ఆస్పెక్ట్స్ ఆఫ్ మ్యాన్ అయితే మనసు దేహము ఆత్మ వేరు వేరు రూపముల చేత వేరు వేరు ఫలితములను అందించు వేరు వేరు నామములు కలిగి ఉండినప్పటికీ ఈ మూడింటి యొక్క ఏకత్వము చేతనే మానవత్వము దివ్యత్వములో నందుకోవచ్చుంది బాడీ మైండ్ అండ్ ఆత్మా హ్యావ్ డిఫరెంట్ నేమ్స్ డిఫరెంట్ ఫార్మ్స్ అండ్ డిఫరెంట్ నేచర్ బట్ ఆల్ ఆఫ్ దెమ్ పుట్ టుగెదర్ ఆర్ రెస్పాన్సిబుల్ ఫర్ మేకింగ్ మ్యాన్ డివైన్ ఈ నూటింటి యొక్క భిన్నత్వమే మానవుని పశుత్వంపోతుంది వెన్ యూ బ్రింగ్ అబౌట్ డిఫరెన్స్ బిట్వీన్ దీస్ త్రీ అండ్ మేక్ దెమ్ గో ఇన్ డిఫరెంట్ డైరెక్షన్స్ హీ బికమ్స్ అన్ ఎనిమల్ లౌకికంగా పారలౌకికంగా మనము తరచుగా వినేటువంటిది అంతఃకరణ అనే పదం ఇట్ ఇస్ ది వర్డ్ అంతఃకరణ విచ్ వీ కామన్లీ హియర్ both in common parlance and in spiritual language yemiti antakarana what do you mean by this antakarana ee swarupam emiti what is its form ee swarupam emiti what is its nature ee vishishtata emiti what is its speciality ee gamyam emiti what is its goal ani vicharam chesinappudu manase 
అనేక విధములైనటువంటి యొక్క సుస్థరూపములు ధరించి అంతఃకరణ అనేటువంటి పేరును అందుకుంటూ ఉన్నది మెన్ యూ ఎంక్వైర్ ఆల్ దీస్ థింగ్స్ యూ విల్ కన్క్లూడ్ దట్ ఇన్ సటిల్ ఫార్మ్స్ మైండ్ టేక్స్ ది ఫార్మ్ ఆఫ్ అంతఃకరణ ఇది మనస్సు బుద్ధి చిత్తము అహంకారం ఈ నాలుగు ఆకారములు కూడా మనసే సృష్టిస్తూ ఉంటుంది దేర్ ఆర్ ఫోర్ ఫార్మ్స్ విచ్ దిస్ మైండ్ టేక్స్ మైండ్ పర్సే ఇంటెలిజెన్స్ చిత్తము అండ్ ఈగో బుద్ధి చిత్తము అహంకారము మనస్సు యొక్క సూక్ష్మ స్వరూపముది ఇంటెలిజెన్స్ చిత్తం అండ్ ఈగో ఒక్కొక్క కర్మ ఎందు ప్రవేశించినప్పుడు ఒక్కొక్క పేరును పొందుతూ ఉంటుంది మైండ్ వైల్ డూయింగ్ డిఫరెంట్ ఫంక్షన్స్ విల్ గెట్ డిఫరెంట్ నేమ్ ఒకే బ్రాహ్మణుడు మందిరం నందు భగవంతుని పూజ చేస్తున్నప్పుడు అతని పూజారి బ్రాహ్మణుడు ఉంటారు వెన్ ఏ బ్రాహ్మణ్ ఈస్ పర్ఫార్మింగ్ వర్షిప్ ఇన్ ద టెంపుల్ హీస్ కాల్డ్ ఎ ప్రీస్ట్ ఇతనే వంట రూములో వంట చేస్తున్నప్పుడు ఇది వంట బ్రాహ్మణుడు అంటారు వెన్ ద సేమ్ బ్రాహ్మణ్ ఈస్ కుకింగ్ ఫుడ్ ఇన్ ది కిచెన్ ఈస్ కాల్డ్ ఎ కుకింగ్ బ్రాహ్మణ్ ఎ కుక్ బ్రాహ్మణ్ కుక్ ఈ బ్రాహ్మణుడే విద్యార్థులకు విద్య బోధించుతున్నప్పుడు అధ్యాపక బ్రాహ్మణుడు ఉంటారు వెన్ ది సేమ్ బ్రాహ్మణ్ ఈస్ టీచింగ్ టు ద స్టూడెంట్స్ హీస్ కాల్డ్ ది బ్రాహ్మణ్ టీచర్ పంచాంగములు చెప్పుతున్నప్పుడు ఇతను పంచాంగ బ్రాహ్మణుడు అంటారు వెన్ హీస్ టెలింగ్ సంథింగ్ అబౌట్ ది అస్ట్రాలజీ హీస్ కాల్డ్ అన్ అస్ట్రాలజీ బ్రాహ్మణుడు ఒక్కడే అయినప్పటికీ ఆ బ్రాహ్మణుడు చేసే వృత్తులను పురస్కరించుకొని అతనికి ఇచ్చి నామములు కలుగుతూ వచ్చాయి ఆన్ ద బేసిస్ ఆఫ్ ఫంక్షన్స్ పర్ఫార్మ్ బై ది బ్రాహ్మిన్ ఆల్దో బ్రాహ్మిన్ ఇస్ వన్ గెట్స్ డిఫరెంట్ నేమ్స్ అదే విధముగానే సంకల్ప విక్రమతో కూడినప్పుడు దీని మనస్సు అని ఒక పేరుతో పిలుస్తూ వచ్చాయి ఇన్ ద సేమ్ వే వెన్ దర్ ఈస్ ది థాట్ ప్రాసెసెస్ ఇట్ ఈస్ కాల్డ్ మైండ్ విదేశన అనేటువంటి ఒక సమయమునందు అనగా విచక్షణ జ్ఞానము చేత విషయమును విచారించి నిర్ణయపరిచేటువంటి సమయంలో దీనికి బుద్ధి అని పేరుతో పిలిచారు వెన్ ఇట్ ఎంక్వైర్స్ ఇన్ టు ది నేచర్ ఆఫ్ ఆబ్జెక్ట్స్ అండ్ టేక్స్ ఎ డెసిషన్ ఇట్ ఈస్ కాల్డ్ బుద్ధి ఇది కేవలము విచక్షణ జ్ఞానంతో కూడినటువంటి విచారణ ఇట్ ఈస్ ఎన్ ఎంక్వైరీ బేస్డ్ అపాన్ డిస్క్రిమినేషన్ దీనిని డిస్క్రిమినేషన్ నాలెడ్జ్ అంటారు దిస్ ఆల్సో ఇస్ కాల్డ్ డిస్క్రిమినేషన్ నాలెడ్జ్ మూడవది చిత్తము ఇది స్మృత్యాత్మకమైనటువంటిది కనుకనే దీనికి చిత్తము అని పేరు వచ్చింది థర్డ్ వన్ ఈస్ చిత్తము స్మృత్యాత్మకమైనటువంటిది ఇట్ ఈస్ ద వన్ విచ్ రిమెంబర్స్ అండ్ దే ఫోర్ ఇట్ ఈస్ కాల్డ్ చిత్తం మెమరీ దేహముతో సాధారణంగా పొందినటువంటి సమయం నందు కలిగేటువంటి యొక్క స్వరూపమునికే అహంకారము అని పిలుస్తూ వచ్చారు వెన్ ద మైండ్ ఐడెంటిఫైస్ ఇట్ సెల్ఫ్ విత్ ద బాడీ ఇట్ ఈస్ కాల్డ్ ఈగో ఒకే మనస్సు ఇన్ని కర్మల ఎందు ఇన్ని స్థానములు ఎందు ఇన్ని రకములైనటువంటి పేరును పొందుతూ ప్రకటిస్తూ వచ్చింది మైండ్ గెట్ దీస్ డిఫరెంట్ నేమ్ డిపెండింగ్ అపాన్ ది ఫంక్షన్ విచ్ ఇట్ అన్నింటికి నీ మనసే కారణం ఫర్ ఎవ్రీథింగ్ మైండ్ ఇస్ ద కాజ్ ఈ ప్రపంచం అంతా కూడా మనసు చేత కట్టబడి ఉంటుండాలి దిస్ ఎంటైర్ వరల్డ్ ఇస్ క్రియేటెడ్ బై మైండ్ మనోమూలం విధం జగత్తు ద వరల్డ్ ఎగ్జిస్ట్ బై మైండ్ మనసు లేనటువంటిది ఎక్కడ కూడా కాలరాదు ఇట్ ఈస్ డిఫికల్ట్ టు కమ్ అక్రాస్ మనసును కలిగినటువంటి వాడు కనుకనే ఇతనికి మనుష్యుడు అని పేరు వచ్చింది 
these were the theoretical aspects of the mind i think uh, this is almost like the uh, you know course 101 of <laughs> it's of it's like mind. it's like the definitions right the definitions are being given and again you know that pattern with which swami delivers that discourse that poem in the beginning mm. is so beautiful you know it gives the idea of you know we're going to take this chapter why is this chapter important executive summary right you know <laughs> why are we having this chapter why are we going to talk about the mind because the mind is such and such you know this is the nature of the mind and this is the power of the mind that's why it's important to understand it and swami says mind is a cause for rise and fall mind mind is a cause for bondage and liberation and mind alone you know makes man forget his reality and land himself in in hell <laughs> so powerful <laughs> but um, you know the first paragraph especially each sentence is so measured this suddenly struck me today as we was hearing to swami although the quality was poor as you mentioned but each sentence is so measured and each sentence is so <laughs> deep i mean <laughs> each sentence has so much you can discuss upon see he says the body is the instrument for actions the mind is concerned with cognition it it's the mind that knows that's the what uh, so is translated but the body is meant for action so beautifully swami says the mind body and the atma the mm. three aspects of uh, any living entity mm. and then says swami says thus doing knowing and being correct are the manifestations of human personality mm. where you know doing doing is the body is the body knowing knowing is the mind and being is the atman is the atman <laughs> or the consciousness I don't think uh, it can be made simpler than this. Really, and there's nothing uh, more to add in this. It's so simple. And maybe, uh, as as Swami said, we could just uh, reiterate this thing of Swami explaining the four aspects of the mind. Mm-hmm. Swami says that you know the four aspects are the manas, buddhi, chitta, and ahankara. Correct. Where manas is the thinking mind, all the thought processes which go on, you know, the wavering nature of the mind. that is actually an attribute of what we call manas correct and buddhi is the intellect swami says the discrimination knowledge mm. that which decides what is right what is wrong what has to be done what should not be done that is the the role when the mind takes that role it is buddhi or the intellect and chitta is the memory that correct. which preserves all the impressions and what swami says in other discourses is that this chitta actually carries forward these impressions from birth to birth okay yes you know it is almost like that hard drive which essentially makes that personality mm. and you know this is something which is uh, coming to be known even scientifically now okay. you know when they do uh, you know psychology and they study why certain people behave in a certain way mm. why certain people in the similar situation why one gets angry one you know gets scared Correct. one re- reacts differently mm. that is because of the way they are wired you know that's the word they use now the way you are wired <laughs> because nervously neurologically how you made mm. that is because of your life experiences tell them it's the mind <laughs> <laughs> you know I, you know i just think of that you know think of chitta and mm. before we go to that ahankara is of course the ego correct thinks that you are separate from the others you know thinking of this memory i, I remember i have a friend mm-hmm. who is extremely scared of lizards Okay. Okay. The moment he sees a lizard, he'll run away. Mm. And I used to think, you know, what's what's with the lizard? Because even when we were children, we've always lived with, you know, in, in <laughs> India, you just live with, <laughs> correct, some of these uh, creatures. So mm. we've always had lizards in our home, and mm. I I used to always wonder why he's so scared of lizards. Mm. But then later he told me that when he was a kid, once, you know, he had a very bad uh, experience with the lizard. Mm-hmm. I think a lizard fell on him when he was a small kid, and he developed an uh, infection. Okay, his face swell, mm. you know, mm. got swollen to about two times its size. Oh, okay. And he took close to two or three weeks to recover from it. Okay. So you know, if you look at it, <laughs> that was the impression which is gone in his mind, mm. and the way he reacts when mm. he sees a lizard will always be uh, based on that experience of his. Mm. And because my childhood, I have never had an experience such as that. Correct. I would never be able to understand his reaction. That's true. Unless he explains it. Mm. and that again goes with you know some people how they are scared with dogs and most of them would have either had a bad experience of being bitten by a stray dog or would have seen somebody being bitten mm. by a stray dog that's true and of course memory in that sense is um, so important in every aspect like many of us remember our teachers 
when we were in the school or remember our friends we remember our roommates we, and so many instances associated with that in a way that shapes our approach and you know that is the beautiful thing of this chitta because what you said in the beginning about believing in the existence of something which cannot be seen mm-hmm. actually that role comes in this chitta aspect of the mind correct because the mind you know it's it sees like if you see uh, the first few mm. uh, scientists how did they discover that the earth is round mm. you know one of the classic examples even when we study in science we come across is when they see a ship approaching mm-hmm. from the deep seas correct they see that the ship is not seen from small to big mm. they see the top part of the ship mm. then they see the rest of the ship so they saying that it must be coming from something some surface which is lower Correct. it's almost like the ship is raising mm. so then they said that's possible only if the surface is round correct okay if you look at it the ability to collect information mm. even as you see it mm. and put it in context with which something which you've already seen and you say okay i've seen this happen this way now i'm seeing this happen so let me put this together and i understand something which i'm not actually seeing that's true i mean just take the same example that you gave of the boy seeing the lizard I mean, it is the eye that sees the lizard as a lizard, but it is the chitta that associates the memory of what happened with it, and the whole body reacts. It's like you know throwing a pebble in the in a lake. The lake is placid and uh, with without any disturbance. The moment a pebble falls, there are so many ripples. So also, I think these thoughts that come in the mind they cause ripples all over the body. The whole body responds to it. Right, you know, one Advaitic guru he explains that point. He said, "How will it be if you are absolutely dissociated from the mind?" Mm-hmm. He said, "You will be a perfect neutral observer." Okay. So he was explaining, you know, the concept of the chitta coming into play. Mm-hmm. He said, "I am sitting in a common place in a public uh, space, like an airport or something." Mm-hmm. Okay. And my flight is delayed by an hour. I'm sitting there and I'm seeing. I have nothing to do, so I'm just looking around. Mm. So he says, I'm just seeing people as they come. Some people are taking their luggage. Some people are running for their flight. You know, some people are standing in the checkout line. I have no impressions. I'm just seeing things as it happens. Okay. Okay. And so I'm not emotionally aroused. Mm. I'm not thinking anything. I'm just seeing the scene. Correct. But the moment I see somebody mm. whom I recognize, mm. the moment I see somebody who at least resembles somebody whom I know, mm-hmm. immediately, you know, the mind. jumps into action and starts thinking you know what correct. is this person doing here correct or and or brings in memories of that person your association with that person so he says as long as this chitta is completely negated mm-hmm. you can be in that perfect sakshi bhutam what you call that state of being a witness mm. so i think that is why this chitta is such a important thing true and that's why over and over again in all spiritual literature and swami himself emphasizes that the true essence of sadhana is to bring that chitta shuddhi but um just i don't know uh, just out of interest is there a way of uh, controlling what goes into the memory is there a way of what goes into chitta for example like whatever you see whatever you perceive possibly that's why he says control your senses so that you do not perceive you do not see you do not hear you do not do something which will give you a bad memory <laughs> which will go and for sit like a blotch on the chitta you see less and you, <laughs> you store less <laughs> that, i think that's what it is see chitta shuddhi that's what when they say purity of chitta for example it is when you remember only pure things when you remember only pure uh, sight when you remember only pure hearing so for that you have to do things which are pure i mean if you look at it that way i think when you say chitta shuddhi mm-hmm. when you say purity you're talking of the native state or mm-hmm. the state before it gets adulterated that's true that's very true so i think the basic nature of chitta should be the belief that there is only oneness true and i think every other uh, feeding of the senses mm-hmm. only kind of uh, buries this correct main thought which is there in the chitta and mm. maybe layer by layer removing it is what <laughs> all sadhana sadhana is about that's true but uh, you know somewhere else swami has mentioned In the beginning, here of in this discourse, Swami mentions that mind is responsible for birth and for bondage and for liberation. Right. Elsewhere, Swami has mentioned that there are three qualities that are the main reasons for rebirth. Mm-hmm. There are three qualities that cause rebirth. One is sin, another is ignorance, and third is unfulfilled desires. 
Okay. Okay. So one is sin, one is ignorance, another is unfulfilled desires. Now, when you take sin, so sin is what it depends on your thoughts. So when you get a good thought, your body follows a good thought. When you don't get a good thought, you do something which becomes a sin. So again, that is an aspect of the mind, thought and mind that's related to the mind. Then you go to ignorance. Ignorance is tamas. It's a tamasic nature. And that is when the mind turns outwards. Right. So when the mind turns outwards, that becomes tamasic. And so that is a cause for ignorance. And then when you say unfulfilled desires, mind itself is a bundle of thoughts and desires. (laughs) So in this way, if you analyze, you realize that mind is actually the reason for bondage or liberation. (laughs) So if these three reasons are the cause for your rebirth, mind is actually the main culprit behind them. (laughs) No limit to the number of ways Swami has told uh, how to control the mind because that was one thing which would, which was a question which was always asked of Swami correct especially I think uh, students youngsters mm. one of the questions we always asked was Swami how to control the mind you know, whenever Swami would say if you have any questions you ask me I think mm. almost at least one person would say mm. Swami how do we control the mind and Swami has given various <coughs> answers I think depending on the person who has asked mm. and uh, I think one of the things which Swami has told is you know the perfect beautiful analogy of the mind being the handkerchief Okay. Yes. And thoughts being the threads. Threads. That's true. Remove each thread. Mm. And the moment when all the threads are removed, the cloth does not exist at all. Beautiful. I think um, there is one more example which Swami gives where I think we have mentioned it in this course of this series earlier. But uh, nevertheless, Bhakti Marga and Jnana Marga, he says God is in the first floor of the house. Right. He's walking on the balcony. And you want to reach God. And there is this bulldog, (laughs) that is the mind. (laughs) So, you go to the gate and there is this dog there. You have to somehow overcome this dog and reach God, who is the Atman. (laughs) So, he says, you stand at the gate and shout out, Oh God, please come and save me. Please take me. I am not able to cross this because this dog is there on my way. That is Bhakti Marga. (laughs) You stand and you just shout, you cry out to the Lord and he is bound to come. The moment he comes, the dog keeps silent and then he takes you along with him. But Jnana Marga, on the other hand, you understand that this dog is there. You feed him biscuits (laughs) and you make him happy and then you easily overcome and you go up. Very beautiful. You know, that is the thing when people ask, when devotees do many things in the name of devotion, Mm. None of these things might actually get you that ultimate state or whatever mm. is whatever mm. you think is the ultimate state. Mm. None of these things, you know, people do all mm. kinds of things in the name of rituals. Mm. Will it really get you there? Mm. The answer may be no, but you know, one of the beautiful stories which they say about devotion is, you know, there's a mm. man who's a juggler by profession. Okay. His profession is go to the king and juggle in front of him mm. and, uh, and entertain the king and get his livelihood mm. by that means. Mm. So one day he goes to the temple mm. and stands in front of the deity and starts juggling. Okay. okay and the story goes, mm. to dramatize it, mm. the Lord who is there in the temple is wondering, what is this guy doing? Mm. You know, why is he coming in front of me and juggling? Mm. So he goes on juggling, juggling and uh, you know, the Lord comes out out of curiosity and says, what are you juggling in front of me for? Mm. So that man says, uh, you know, when I go in front of the king and juggle, mm. he gives me money. Mm. the wealth he can. Mm. So, I've come to juggle in front of you mm. to get that wealth which you give. Wow. Okay. Mm. And then the Lord says that, mm. uh, you know, but don't you know mm. that I am the Lord and you mm. cannot please me by all this stunt. Oh. You know, you cannot please mm. me by stunt. Mm. So, he says, yes, Lord, I know. Mm. But this stunt devotion is all that I know. So, I have come to offer you this stunt devotion mm. so that you will teach me real devotion. Oh, <laughs> lovely. And I think that's what all, whatever we call rituals. And that's precisely the word Swami would often use, you know. When we try to show a card, Swami, I can't live without you. Anta stunt, stunt. And, you know, we just with emotion, with, you know, in in the spur of the moment, we write something which um, we know, but which we do not believe in actuality. And um, so, when we write some things like that, Swami would just say, stunt devotion. <laughs> and you know, I remember one, one student had this uh, conversation with Swami. 
Swami asked him, what do you want? And this boy said, Swami, I want you. Okay, I, I want only you. But I think the moment he said that, as you said, mm. he knows that it's an emotion which mm. may not uh, really equal those words. Mm. He said, Swami, I want you, but I, I don't understand what it is. Mm. I know that I'm supposed to say this mm. and mm. intellectually and devotionally, mm. I know that this is what mm. I have to say, but I don't know what it means. Mm. And immediately Swami said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you don't know what it means and what I'm, what you will get when you ask for this, but ask only for this. Wow. You know, even a... artificially hmm. make the right prayer. That's true. With. To start with, then you'll understand. It's just like taking the right medicine, whether you understand the ingredients or not. Right. Just take it, it'll have its effect. I think that's how they came up with all the mantras and everything. Very true. Okay, we'll go to the next clip in this discourse. Whatever Swami has told till now is the various aspects of the mind and the importance of the mind, the important role that mind plays in the human uh, existence. The fruits which man reaps depends upon the feelings and the thoughts which man has. So thinketh the man, so the man nannal. In English language, the same thing has been told us. So thinketh the man, so he is. Manavattva netvattidi, kevalamu, vaka manasthattam to kudinetvattidi. The humanity is made up of basically the mind. Manasanti gimiti. What do you mean by mind? Manasanaga manishe. Mind means man. Manishanaga yemiti. What do you mean by man? Manase. That means mind alone. Kanuka. Manishanaga manase. Manasanaga yemiti. Man means mind. But then what is mind? Sankalpamadiyaka cheriki. It is a conglomeration of thoughts. E Sankalpamadiyaka alitame actions of man are the result of the thoughts which he has the joys and sorrows which we enjoy in day to day life are the result of our own actions the good and Bad which man gets depends upon his own action. What is the basis for man's actions? Sankalpamuli. Thoughts. Kalukane, Maravaniyaka Sankalpamuli, Satsankalpamuli Avundila Pude, Jeevitamu, Sariyanikundi Jeevitanga Arupandukundi. If man thoughts are good, his life would be good. Sankalpamuli Chala Sekti Vantamayanakundi. Thoughts are very powerful. Even after the death of man, the thoughts survive. Therefore, always make efforts to cultivate good thoughts. We should never give room for bad thoughts. It is an account of such bad thoughts, love between men has declined. Man has given up the awkward relationship that exists between man and man. Once we realize that it is the same Atma which exists in every man, there is no room for difference at all. The humanity starts from with his individual. It enters into society. It spreads to the nation. And it comes to a close with the world. Fish, 
going contrary to going against the current tane yokka pramadamulu taan tappinchukuntaniki prayatnistundi it tries to save itself from the danger atulani manavudu dushankalpamulaku viruddhamainatundi reetiga taanu sancharinchi vaatini arigatti tane yokka pramadamulu taanu tappinchukunnataku prayatinchali similarly man should make an effort to go against the current of bad thoughts and save himself inaati manavudu mastyamulukunnatundi yokka telivichetanu kodunu taanu gurtinchukolekapothunnadu today's man does not seem to have the cleverness and the intelligence of even fish inaati manavudu tana prabhavamulu tana pramadamulukunnadu taane kalpinchukunnadu he is causing all the troubles to himself ఈనాటి మానవుడు తన యొక్క సుఖ దుఃఖములకు తానే కారకుడవుతున్నాడు ఫలపుష్పములతో కూడినటువంటి యొక్క ఈ సంసార వృక్షములకు మనస్సే వేరు ఫర్ ది ట్రీ ఆఫ్ సంసార విచ్ హెస్ సో మెనీ బ్రాంచెస్ అండ్ లీవ్స్ ఇట్ ఇస్ మైండ్ విచ్ ఇస్ రూట్ ఈ మనస్సును మనము నిర్మూలము గావించినప్పుడే ఈ వృక్షము కూడా నిర్మూలమవుతుంది ఇఫ్ యూ రూట్ అవుట్ దిస్ రూట్ దిస్ ట్రీ విల్ గెట్ డెస్ట్రాయిడ్ ఏమిటి ఈ సంసారం అంటే వాట్ యూ మీన్ బై దిస్ సంసారతో కూడినటువంటి కుటుంబమా is it the family life which is full of joy kaadu samsara madaga sankalpame samsara when you say samsaram it is not the family it is the thought ee sankalpamulaku mooladharamu manasse the root cause for these thoughts is the mind ee veru vanti ee manasunu manam nirmoolam gaavichinappudu ee sankalpamulaniki yokka samsara vrichamu nirmoolam avutundi if you cut the very root of this mind then this tree of samsara can be destroyed anti manonaasana gavinchataku margam unnada ani sandehinchavachu but is there a method of annihilating the mind you may put this question ekka pole there is annintikini anni antyamulu untunnadi for everything there is an answer puttina vyaktiki nayamulaku vastulaku antyam untunnadi for every created human being object or ఏ ఒక్కటి కూడా ఈ ప్రపంచంలో శాశ్వతమైనటువంటి పర్మనెంట్ ఇన్ దిస్ వరల్డ్ కనుకనే దీనికి అనిత్యం అసుఖం లోకం అన్నారు దట్ ఈస్ వై ఇట్ ఈస్ సేఫ్ దట్ ఈస్ ఇంపర్మనెంట్ అనిత్యము అశాశ్వతమైనటువంటి యొక్క సత్యములందు మనము నిత్య సత్యమైనటువంటి యొక్క తత్వాన్ని మనం పొందాలనుకుంటే దీనికి ఆత్మతత్వమే సత్యమైనటువంటి సత్యమే సరైనటువంటి మార్గం if you really want to find something permanent something joyous in this impermanent and sorrowful world it is the atma which is the basis andvarane kashta humanity ani manavattam anetundi sarvudu endukodu ekatvanga untundi it is that is why it is called the kashta humanity the andariyendu samatvanga undinatundi kodu manasse it is the mind which is found in equal measure ee sankalpamulu veru veruga undatam chethane ee manasu yokka swarupam kodu maarpu chestundadi ee rangulu but the thoughts are different although it is called mind and it is on account of this the problems manasu kudunu konni rangulu untunnava ani vicharam chesthe unnadi does mind also have some colors but yes there are colors bhavamuto kudinatundi manasu yerrani ranguga untundadi the mind which is charged with anger it is swartha bhavamato kudinatundi yokka manasu godapramu vare untadi selfish mind is in the nature of brownish color ahankaramato undinatundi manasu kavalapan duranguga untadi egoistic mind is of the sorry orange is orange color bhavat atmanatundi manasu శుద్ధమైనటువంటిదిగా ఉంటుంది ఈ వస్త్రం వరి మైండ్ గివన్ టు గాడ్ విల్ బి హ్యావ్ క్లీన్ అండ్ వైట్ క్లోత్ కనుకనే మనస్సును కూడా అనేక విధమైన రంగులను మనమే వేసుకుంటున్నాం 
మూలకొంటి డిఫరెంట్ కలర్స్ టు అవర్ ఓన్ మైండ్స్ ఇది కూడా ఇతని యొక్క ప్రభావం కాదు ఇట్ ఈస్ నాట్ ఆల్సో ది మన సంకల్పముని మనకి దుర్గతిని స్వర్గతిని కూడా చేస్తుంటుంది ఇట్ ఈస్ దీస్ వెరీ థాట్స్ విచ్ గివర్స్ ఎలివేటెడ్ హై స్టేట్ ఆర్ లోలీ మీన్ స్టేట్ కనుక సంకల్పములను సరైనటువంటివిగా మనం ఎన్నుకున్నప్పుడు అభివృద్ధి పరుచుకున్నప్పుడే మన జీవితము శాంతి భద్రతతో ఫేమస్ అనాలజీ ఆఫ్ అ మ్యాన్ సీయింగ్ రోప్ అండ్ థింకింగ్ ఇట్స్ స్నేక్ కరెక్ట్ యునో ఇన్ అ సెన్స్ యూ సీ వాట్ యూ గో అవుట్ టు సీ యునో మెనీ టైమ్స్ యూ సీ దాట్ విత్ స్టాటిస్టిషియన్స్ యూ సీ దాట్ విత్ ఎకానమీస్ యూ వాంట్ టు గివ్ అ సర్టన్ కలర్ సర్టన్ పిక్చర్ టు ద సినారియో వాట్ ఎవర్ ద నంబర్స్ త్రూ యూ కెన్ యాక్చువల్లీ కమ్ టు ద సేమ్ కన్క్లూషన్ బికాస్ యూఆర్ లుకింగ్ ఎట్ ఇట్ ఫ్రమ్ దాట్ పాయింట్ ఆఫ్ వ్యూస్ దాట్ రైట్ and you know we're talking of uh, swami saying that man is thoughts and thoughts are man hmm. i'm sorry man mind, is mind, mind and mind is man, man. Hmm. and literally swami is kind of removing that uh, line which which is there between thinking and action mm-hmm. you know we then generally think that you know what is done is done hmm. but you can think anything but make sure that you do the right thing another way of putting it is when he says mind is man and man is mind suddenly you are wondering what is man he is not the body right see he says man is mind so suppose i say i am my mind uh, i am not talking about the body at all he has separated the body <laughs> man is mind mind is man so <laughs> now there we are going to the higher classes so the syllabus is getting tougher and tougher <laughs> only where uh, swami is talking of good good thoughts here no mm mm-hmm. only when man's thoughts are good mm. will his life be good and the mm. importance of because as i said again you know do being good through actions being mm. obedient with actions is easy is actually easier because mm. it is difficult when you're not accustomed to it when you come mm. here as a first when you when you all <laughs> came here to swami mm. at least for me you know when you spent mm. schooling and you come here even physically mm. waking up early you are following the disciplines there were also ways in which we showed our obedience to swami but mm. that is also only to a certain level after it comes to the mind correct now i'm reminded of a very uh, very very profound and beautiful incident which happened with one of our old students mm-hmm. you know he had uh, had a certain unpleasant event in his family okay somebody whom they trusted a lot in the family had mm-hmm. cheated them uh, financially okay and this person was very well known to everybody in the family you know mm. they all knew him and they didn't expect that of this person mm. to cheat the to fraud the family uh, you know a huge sum of money mm. so one day he was sitting in mandir and you know he was thinking about this he was very upset with mm-hmm. what had happened mm. and mentally he was uh, ruminating all this and he was boiling with anger so one of the things he was thinking was swami i am your student mm. i cannot go and physically hurt that person because you know you forbid us from doing that and mm. having this image of being your student mm. i cannot do that So then he said uh, but that doesn't stop me from mentally you know harming him. Oh. So hmm. sitting in mandir he closed his eyes and he said you know I'm just going to vent out my feeling by hmm. thinking that I'm harming him physically. Hmm. So he was sitting there and you know he was imagining himself boxing this person. Okay. Okay he was sitting and he's thinking I'm boxing this person I'm hmm. you know killing this fellow with my hmm. punches. And when this was going on hmm. Swami suddenly came out of the interview room mm-hmm. came to him and said hey what are you doing? Okay, he said, Swami, what happened? I'm not doing anything. Mm. He said, what are you doing? And I think Swami called him inside the interview mm. room and Swami reprimanded him very strongly mm. and mentioned that person's name mm. and Swami said, you have killed him seven times. Pah. Okay, he said, Swami, I, I'm just thinking mentally and I, I'm mm. not going to, and not that I'm going to mm. uh, repeat this thing in, in action. Mm. Yeah, I'm just thinking it and just venting my uh, mm. anger out. Swami said, no, it's not right. Mm. You've already killed him seven times. Okay, and Swami said, even though you do it in the thought, you know, you will face mm. the repercussions, and it will hurt him also. Oh! And the beauty of this thing of Swami saying you killed him seven times, you know, correct? Not did he understand it, mm. and you know, we forgot about it. He narrated this to us, and we were talking about this thing the other day. Mm. 
it never you know struck a chord with us mm-hmm. but the other day when you were talking about this topic of reflection reaction resound mm-hmm. you know we said when you say reflection whatever happens to you is reflection of what you've done and what you think and reaction again is what you do comes back to you mm-hmm. but resound is something which Swami has given a special twist to it so mm-hmm. he's saying that you know not only what you do comes back to you mm-hmm. but it also comes back many fold oh. it has the ability of you know multiplying multiplying mm. and scientifically mm. when you talk of echo when mm. you talk of resound correct it is said that any sound mm. echoes seven times oh and scientifically also any mm. form of vibration or energy which is sent out in the universe mm. actually gets multiplied seven times Fuck. and here swami was telling this boy that you killed him seven, seven times seven times my god every word of swami is so just absolute truth and you just can't realize the meaning at that time and it also shows swami's expectation you know what mm. level it is <laughs> you know as swami was telling this portion he is saying that therefore you should have good thoughts you should not have bad thoughts so swami what is this bad thought what is a bad thought and the next line so beautifully explains he says bad thought is one that separates a man from a man makes him forget the common divinity <laughs> means anything that makes you think you are separate from the other person is a bad thought <laughs> swami <laughs> i mean that's very very profound because you know what is said is there are only three cardinal sins mm-hmm. you know in the discourse swami says there are only three sins which man makes mm. everything else you call it a sin you know mm. based on the law of the land and and the mm. regulations that you have set for yourself correct but from god's point of view there are only mm. three sins mm. swami said one sin is thinking that you are the body mm-hmm. okay and thinking that so and so is mine mm. and this person belongs to me correct there is second thing mm. and the third thing swami says is uh, i'm sorry it's <laughs> my mind it's something similar to this mm. it again comes back to this idea of mm. individuality thinking that mm. i am a separate individual mm. i mean these are the only three sins oh <laughs> you know what we think of harming a person and all that mm. it all stems from this three main things wow <laughs> so that is a bad thought <laughs> finally <laughs> so no wonder we all sinners so many <laughs> actually if you see the way swami is expounding this thought and the mind this is most scientific <laughs> and scientists can casually say this is the law of nature but uh, this is the law i mean this is so logical so clear so absolutely he just says your thoughts therefore have good thoughts good thoughts is seeing unity in everybody the moment you have good thoughts your chitta is purified if your chitta is purified your mind is stable then it turns towards the atman and you realize you are the atman <laughs> there is a straight path i think somewhere in that vivek chudamani itself he was mentioning even uh, doing a million pranayamas uh, you are not going to achieve anything what you really need to do is inquiry self inquiry i think that self inquiry and that strong love and urge to know the truth that is most important you know even when you're talking of a society when you talk of a, a country or some is mentioning that society mm-hmm. and you know an enlightened society is that where each individual sees his roles and responsibilities as a unit in that society very true you know when that doesn't happen you you have anarchism Mm-hmm. but people are each one is you know ruled by their own whims and fancies mm. and actually that is what swami is telling here that all the disharmony you see and all the fight you see is because of this individual forgetting that he is part of this whole mm. and you know when that difference comes that is a cause for all problems when man sees another man as separate mm. you know, that is a root cause for all problems and that lies in the mind and mm. that is why controlling the mind and dealing with the mind is so important even if you say what is atma dharma and paradharma i think you have discussed on this topic uh, sometime doing actions knowing that innate unity with everybody i think is atma dharma swami also calls it very interestingly swami hmm. calls it satya dharma also okay in fact the major part of the dharma vayani swami hmm. doesn't coin the word atma dharma swami says satya dharma oh and then swami says satya is that only one thing is satya That. not the spoken truth only one thing is satya that is all are one all are one <laughs> so that dharma which springs from that belief that all are one mm-hmm. is atma dharma satya dharma and atma dharma are one and the same mm. that's what swami says para dharma is other dharma yeah all the other dharma which are <laughs> subsidiaries you know like petroleum products you take from the crude oil 
mm. and you know even here as you were saying mm. what are bad thoughts and swami answers it here mm. swami again throws that question and answers it himself mm. this mind which is all powerful can it ever be ended mm-hmm. mind which is swami saying is the seed for the tree of samsara mm. for this multiplicity mm. what you see as multiplicity what does he say actually samsara is thoughts right swami says samsara does not mean only worldly life mm. of having family and all that mm. samsara is sankalpa he says so then swami saying that okay now this is causing all this problem can it be ended mm. that's the question which will arise that's what swami says mm. and swami says yes it can mm. and he says mind is the root yeah destroy by diverting the thoughts to mm. the inquiry about the atman as you said inquiry inquiry that is something which everybody has laid stress on very inquiry true. think of ramana marishi think of everybody they just keep telling you keep thinking who am i who am i i think the basic knowledge is there inside you all you have to do is just focus all your attention of the mind into that one aspect of who i am really <laughs> and never give it up <laughs> never give it up that's true right one of our colleagues was telling us the other day mm-hmm. he went to Nisargadatta Maharaj okay and went to his presence and you know he said if you have any questions you ask mm-hmm. so he said i want to know who i am mm. and immediately he said that is enough hold on to that question <laughs> hold on to that question <laughs> and never give up till you get the right answer wow. and he said whatever answer comes don't mm. accept it pa <laughs> because whatever answer comes is coming from your mind <laughs> oh god so he said don't accept it mm. and hold on to that question just hold on to that question it almost says that you know it doesn't matter what comes in the end of inquiry the inquiry itself is exactly paramount wow here he gives that beautiful example of fish going against the current see that's what exactly what you said right in the beginning the most obvious thing is diversity so here when he says you are swimming against the bad thoughts the bad thoughts are one which sees it as diversity so the moment you are swimming against your bad thoughts then you are swimming towards the right direction and of course the last part which swami says i hope swami explains it to us the later part of the discourse yeah. swami saying that mind also has colors colors i don't know if he is referring to the aura of a person maybe <laughs> and But, i mean that is understandable you know aura because people who have the gift of seeing auras mm. that's what they say depending on whether you're depressed there's a color mm. Uh, that's what was the experience of uh, mr baranowski right When that's true comes to swami he says not only swami is having the largest aura he has ever seen mm. the aura of love mm. that's what he says the color which pertains to somebody who has immense selfless love correct not only does he does he see swami having that aura he sees that this aura is also infectious it has the ability to wash over all the other auras and give that unified uh love aura when swami comes out for darshan that's the experience that's true that's true i think see when you are in swami's presence you feel wow you feel so happy but um, just to explain that feeling there are so many things that are happening his love his energy just engulfs you so therefore you feel so happy <laughs> if you look at it that way there's something that's happening which you cannot see which is the actual reality <laughs> so coming back to one thing which Professor Kasturi writes in Satyam Shyam Sundaram is when he is narrating, reeling out experience after experience of Swami curing people, giving darshan of Vishta Devatas and all these things. Mm. He said one wonders mm. where are all those people who witnessed all these? Mm. Okay, because these were people who had the most awe-inspiring experiences. Mm. What happened to all these people? Mm. And he says because they all left because this mm. was just one aspect of Swami. The other aspect of Swami was Swami was. Mm. a person was a very strict disciplinarian who mm. wanted a certain thing from his devotees mm. who had very high expectations of those who claimed to belong to him correct and many people who felt you know they couldn't live up to that mm. they felt it was easier going back to their life you know where mm. swami was just a distant part no but that's very true with swami till uh, the physically till he left us he would never force anybody to do anything he would always say this is the truth this is the path follow it if you want <laughs> and you know talking of thoughts being so powerful and swami saying as i was saying that it looks like swami is removing the line which divides thoughts from actions mm-hmm. and something we narrated even this morning and i think it's worth recalling swami sachidananda who came to swami in the early 1957 he had the uh, duty of administering a huge ashram and all that mm-hmm. and you can imagine 1957 swami is about uh, 30 years old correct and here was this 71 year old veteran spiritual master hmm. who comes to swami 
and Swami pats him on the shoulder and, and you know advises him. He says, mm. "Why do you get into all these mess of administration and all that and organizing spiritual movements?" Mm. And Swami says, "You will give much more benefit to this world mm. if you retire to a cave mm. and do your tapas there." Pah. Swami says, "Your yogic vibrations will penetrate the walls of the caves and mm. come and benefit the people here." Mm. You know, one thing Swami advising, mm. you know, a thirty-year-old uh, <laughs> Swami advising, and and you know, he says after mm. that, of course, he spends a lot of time with Swami, and he declares that Swami is the Sarvabhutantaratma mm. himself, and I know it with all my conviction. Wow, <laughs> we are so fortunate to, and to hear. hear from him, hear from him the ways of controlling the mind, and it is his compassion that. He allowed a recording of this discourse. Very true. We are not the rishis who can tap into the cosmic sound and hear what Krishna told way back in the Dwapara age. But he has allowed, given us the tool of technology where we have recorded his sound, and we are just able to play it back. And you just close your eyes and just imagine Swami actually speaking. When you hear his voice, you can actually see him standing there and giving the discourse. And you know. To, to look at it that way, and that's exactly what we're doing here. Shravanam Mananam Nidhyasanam. Swami is giving us an opportunity to tune the senses to what Swami is telling. As you're saying, He's giving us the opportunity to even mentally visualize Swami standing there. And Mananam, of course, what we are humbly trying to do, to engage the mind in what is heard, what is what has to be heard, what has to be rightly thought about. True. And the only thing left is to pray to Swami that the Nidhyasanam happens. True. Because... His grace alone can make that happen. Sairam, you just heard an episode of our radio series, Shravanam Mananam Nidhityasanam, that is, listen, reflect and absorb. This is a segment that is hosted live on Thursdays at 7.30pm by Radio Sai, Sai Prakash and Prem only on Asia's stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. Today's episode was first broadcast live on 22nd August 2013. The discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the summer course in Indian Culture and Spirituality 1990. The clips played today were from the discourse delivered on 24th May 1990. To listen to the next part of this program, tune in same time, same day next week. Please do write to us and let us know what you think about this program by writing to listener at radiosci.org. Thank you and Sairam from Prashanti Nilayam.